from the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio. This is In Black America. Playing David Ruffin was um, you know, interesting situation because after the Five Heartbeats, Otis Williams, the original member of The Temptations, right. um, told me that they were going to make a movie out of his book. And he wanted me to play him. And I was like, great, you know, fantastic. And so when the movie came about, they called me in for a meeting and told me of, you know, Otis's wishes for me to play him. And they just wanted to know before they moved further what role that they think that I should play, that I thought that I should play in the movie. And I said that, you know, I was always flattered that he, um, Otis wanted me to play him. But I thought I would best serve the movie if I played the role of David Ruffin. And they were just like, oh, my God, we are so happy you said that. Because we were like, oh, we didn't know who we could get to play David Ruffin if you didn't want to play David Ruffin. Leon Robinson, actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer. Known to the world as Leon, he has had an amazing career thus far. Leon has received critical acclaim for his portrayal of two legendary singers, David Ruffin in the 1998 NBC miniseries The Temptations and Little Richard in the self-titled 2000 NBC movie based on the life of the rock and roll legend. Before making it big, Leon appeared in a number of TV miniseries. I know you remember him in the NBC series Nightcaller. Also, he co-starred in the 1989 ABC miniseries The Women of Brewster Place as the boyfriend of Robin Gibbons and the HBO series Oz. And one can't forget the statue of a saint that comes to life in the music video for Madonna's song, Like a Prayer. If you thought acting was enough, Think again. He's a lead singer and songwriter for his own band entitled Leon and the Peoples. I'm John L. Hansen Jr. and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer Leon in Black America. The hardest obstacle I've had to overcome to be where I am today, hmm, probably just being able to, you know, live to the beat of my own drum. You know, regardless of, you know, my acting career or singing anything else, I've always thought it was important to be me and to enjoy my life and not let whatever I'm doing control me and, you know, run my life to the point where I couldn't enjoy my life. And, you know, that's still a struggle today, especially now that I'm not just an actor, but I'm also a producer and I'm also a lead singer of a band and songwriter and you know, doing so many different things, I need to find, I always try to find the time to, you know, be me, to enjoy myself, to enjoy my life, to enjoy, you know, being a father, which is, you know, maybe mm-hmm. my favorite role. And yeah, you know, I think that's the biggest struggle. The biggest struggle is to, you know, maintain enough of self and not allow yourself, just because you're a public figure, to belong to the public. Leon Robinson is a triple threat. He's an actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer. To his fans, they know him simply as Leon. He has been doing this thing for more than three decades in the entertainment industry. He starred in some of the most iconic movies of our time. J.T. Matthews in The Five Heartbeats, David Ruffin in The Temptations, Little Richard as Little Richard, Cool Running, Russell and Waiting to Exhale, Once Upon a Time When We Were Colored, and Above the Rim, just to name a few. Other performances include The Women of Brewster Place and the HBO series Oz. Born and raised in New York City, music was always around. His favorites were reggae and R&B. He attended Mount St. Michael Academy 
and they tell me he was a really good basketball player. After graduation, he moved west to attend Loyola Marymount University. While strolling on campus one day, a graduate film student asked him to be in his film, and the rest is history. Life in the Big Apple. Uh, <laughs> it, was, um, it was great. It was great um, being in a melting pot of people, you know, of all different races and nationalities. Um, that's the way I thought, the, you know, everyone's life was until I grew up and found out it was different. And when did you get the acting bug? The acting bug, I guess the first time I had any kind of idea I wanted to be in show business is when I saw my older sister's um, high school class do a rock and roll revival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I saw it and told um, the nuns at my Catholic grammar school that we could do something similar. And, and I choreographed and created this little variety show with where I played Chubby Checker, my other friend played Elvis Presley, the good-looking girls played the Andrew Sisters, and it was a big hit. I understand you was a pretty good athlete while you are in high school? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was an all-everything basketball player. I had a lot of scholarship offers and went to Loyola Marymount University on a basketball scholarship, which that's what took me to Los Angeles. And once you were in college, I understand that someone asked you to, to, to be in his film that yeah, you had never film. thought about acting? Yeah, a graduate film student ran, chased me down <laughs> campus and asked me to be in his movie called A Photographer. And I was like, well, why don't you get somebody in the drama department? I'm sure they would love to be in a movie. And he was like, no, I've just been watching you. There's something about you. I just feel like you're going to be in the movies one day, and I want to be the first one to do it. And I was like, okay. And so I tried it, and um, I just had that experience that we all have. You know, you sit down across with someone you just met, and, you know, you feel like you've known them so much longer than the time you spent with them. That's the way I felt on the movie set. Every time I cut on the television, I see you in a commercial or a trailer. I was watching BET Her the other night and saw that you're going to be on one of their movies in October. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm glad you saw, you saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. Oh, how'd I, it look? Because I know I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Well, they have you on two different shots in the trailer. They got you shooting uh, in a camera, and the sister used to be on uh, Meet the Browns, and then they have you saying some dialogue about you may not be here when your baby's born. I don't want to give away too much stuff. But no, it was a good trailer. How did you get that part? Um, How did I get that part? Um, You know, they contacted my um, manager and um, offered me the role. And how long ago did you all shoot that? We shot that in um, July. Tell us about your experience with the Five Heartbeats. The Five Heartbeats, wow, the Five Heartbeats. Um, it was an amazing experience. Robert um, it kept telling us the whole time he was setting out trying to make, um, you know, a masterpiece, something that was, uh, you know, to stand the test of time, something that was different. And, you know, we believed him, and we were just, you know, trying to make a movie about five men, five good-looking black men who, you know, throughout their trials and tribulations in life, you know, still stayed together. Something very rare. You also played David Ruffin in the the biopic, The Temptations. Tell us about playing him. Well, playing um, David Ruffin was, um, you know, interesting situation because after the Five Heartbeats, Otis Williams, uh-huh. the original member of The Temptations, right. um, told me that they were going to make a movie out of his book, and he wanted me to play him. And I was like, great, you know, fantastic. And so when the movie came about, they called me in for a meeting and told me of, you know, Otis's wishes for me to play him. And they just wanted to know before they moved further what role that they think that I should play, that I thought that I should play in the movie. And I said that, you know, I 
was always flattered that he um, always wanted me to play him. But I thought I would best serve the movie if I played the role of David Ruffin. And they were just like, oh, my God, we are so happy you said that. Because we were like, oh, we didn't know who we would get to play David Ruffin if you didn't want to play David Ruffin. And so that's how that came about. And also, you played Little Richard? Yes, I played um, Richard Penniman. <laughs> Little Richard. Any research for those particular iconic musical figures? Oh, yeah, lots. Lots of research, you know, talking to people who, who knew them. And, um, you know, luckily for me, both um, projects were based on a book. So I had, you know, I had the, the text to, you know, to always reference at all times, you know. And, and it helped a lot of times because I, there were things that weren't in the script that, um, you know, I brought attention to the producers and stuff to, you know, to add into the script because it was part of what happened and I thought cinematically it would work. In doing the research for this interview, I noticed that you say besides the dialogue, there's also the physical part of playing a part. And I was particularly, I was reeling in my mind about the five heartbeats. And then when you played Little Richard, and then when you played The Temptations. And I was particularly struck on the dialogue that you said, I think when you and Eddie were getting back together, and you were talking about, you know, your facial expression when you said the dialogue, we are the voices. To that end, how important is it for the physical part of an actor and a character if no dialogue is actually propelling you in that particular sequence? Um, it's very important. Equally as important. You know, being able to act isn't just about saying lines. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, it's about your facial expression, your, your body language. It's, it's a very important thing. I remember um, working with um, the great director, Michael Mann, mm -hmm. uh, in Ali. And he told me one of the reasons why he wanted me to play this role so bad that I played is because um, he saw me in this movie Above the Rim. And he was um, he loved the fact that, that I did so much even when I had no dialogue. He could see in my eyes and in my face, my facial expression, what I was feeling. And, um, you know, it's very important. You know, lots of times, you know, in real life, you know, when you're talking to someone, it's about how they look at you, how in their demeanor. Is just as important as what they're saying. You know, how many times do you come up to a person that you know, or even a family member, or your your son or your daughter? They haven't said a word. And you're like, what's, what's wrong, son? <laughs> right, right. Why why are you this? Why are you that? Oh, you, uh, oh, really? You feel like that? And they ain't said nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you've been fortunate enough not to be really pigeonholed. You play the cast of characters. Yeah, I try. You know, um, I've been I've been lucky enough to be able to you know play a lot of different roles. You know, there's they often do try to pigeonhole me, but um, you know, luckily I've been able to you know flex my um, the variety of my talents. So you know, I've, I'm just thankful. <laughs> That's all I can say. How has your singing talent assisted you in in getting roles that require singing? Well, you know, the crazy thing is not much. Okay. Really. Because, you know, in actuality, you know, the roles that I've played as singers really came before I had my band or anything. And so I wasn't known as a singer or anything. It's just, um, I just, I guess I just look like one. <laughs> <laughs> you play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Leon and the Peoples. Leon and the Peoples, my band, I'm very happy to say that, um, you know, we're doing well. The the new album, Love is a Beautiful Thing, came mm -hmm. out um, 
this summer to you know just great reviews and um we've been on the road um you know performing um currently in Chicago right now playing the Change Fest tonight at the DuSable Smithsonian DuSable Museum of African American History and tomorrow night at the Wild Hair and um yeah the response has just been you know great great to the record great to the the the, the new single that's out off the record called Sometimes I Wish I Was Single and um yeah, you know, it's just um, you know, we we play music for the people. You know, I think music should entertain, make you feel good, or make you think, you know, and should be something that brings you down, depresses you or be monotonous. And um that's the kind of music we play. Two part question, uh, why did you put the band together and and what type of music do you all play? I put a band together basically because the first time I um performed in a band really was with uh, a group called the Young Lions mm-hmm. in New York, which are great great musicians from downtown New York, you know, that played in bands like Steel Pulse and right. um Bruce Springsteen's band and Sting and you know, and it was just um just an amazing bunch of guys, but you know, they was they were just playing covers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play original music. So I started um my own band called The Peoples. And then shortly after, I had to pull a David Ruffin on him and, <laughs> and call him Leon and the Peoples because they got us better gigs. I understand. I understand. <laughs> and um, we play a mixture between reggae and soul music. So we play reggae soul is what we call it. And, um, yeah, if you listen to our record, it's it's half reggae, half soul, or it's soul music with a, with a reggae drum and bass backbeat. And, you know, that's us. Was that... One of your major go major music influences while you were growing up? Um, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think I heard Bob Marley's Nazi Dread album when mm-hmm. I was twelve years old, coming out of a friend's window, and it was on repeat. And I think I just sat there until I almost knew every word to the album. And I just from that moment on, that became kind of like the backbeat of my life. And um, yeah, I understand. If you're just joining us, I'm Johnny O'Hanson Jr. And you're listening to In Black America from KUT Radio, and we're speaking with actor, singer, and film producer Leon. Leon, what has been the hardest obstacle you had to overcome to be where you are today? The hardest obstacle I've had to overcome to be where I am today, hmm, probably just um, being able to, you know, live to the beat of my own drum. Mm-hmm. Of you know, regardless of you know my acting career or singing anything else, I've always thought it was important to be me and to enjoy my life and not let whatever I'm doing control me and you know run my life to the point where I couldn't enjoy my life. And you know that's still a struggle today, um, especially now that I'm not just an actor, but I'm also a producer and I'm also in lead singer of a band and songwriter and, you know, doing so many different things. I need to find, I always try to find the time to, you know, be me, to enjoy myself, to enjoy my life, to enjoy, you know, being a father, which is, you know, maybe mm-hmm. my favorite role. And yeah, you know, that, I think that's the biggest struggle. The biggest struggle is to, you know, maintain enough of self and not allow yourself, just because you're a public figure, to belong to the public. I understand. There's a resurgent and anniversary for a cool running. How has that experience been going around the country and and folks being reintroduced to cool running? You know, it's amazing. People just love that movie, Cool Running, is all around the world. And, mm-hmm. 
I remember they inducted us into the um, Canadian um, Sports Hall of Fame, and they had screenings of the movie, and, I mean, literally lines around the block. What? For a movie that people have already seen. <laughs> <laughs> and and then when you got in there, people start telling stories of how cool runnings affected their lives. Mm-hmm. One young boy, dad passed away, and he was so distraught that um, he watched Cool Runnings for 30 straight days, and that's what got him through it. And another young lady who was from Poland moved to Calgary only because the movie <laughs> Cool Runnings. Do you get a chance to do uh, stage work? Oh, yeah. I I try to um, do as much stage as possible. I never let, I never hope to let, I'm sorry, I hope to never let, more than um, a couple of years go by before I'm on some stage doing a play, you know, acting on stage that is the mother of acting. And um, it's something that I love going back to all the time. I remember just just a couple of months ago, you know, I'm sitting out hanging out, you know, with my homie and good friend Denzel Washington, who was, who was performing, doing a play on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just talking about, you know, how we love going back to stage and, you know, how how great it is because, you know, it's, you know, I'm a storyteller. That's mm-hmm. what I consider myself more than anything else. And that is the only time where you get to tell an audience a story from beginning to end right. in one sitting, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's great. It's fantastic to be able to take people on that journey for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, however long that play is and have it begin and end right there in front of them. You've been in this industry a good while, and you were talking about your friend Danzel. Are brothers such as yourself and him getting more work than in years past? Well, I don't think that. Um, <laughs> I don't think putting Danzel in that equation is really fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, act well, actors in your category getting more work than in years past. Um, I think there are a lot more avenues, without okay. a doubt. There's okay. so many more channels, and I think also because of um, you know the big um, backlash mm-hmm. from you know the lack of awards and that um, you know actors and actresses of color were receiving has right. really changed things a lot. I feel that there's a lot more diversity, especially in television, um, but I think also in film as well. So it's a great time to become a, um, an actor, I think. Um, I, when I talk to young people and college students, I, you know, I let them know that this time is fantastic. It's, you know, a hundred times better than when I started acting. And that the, you know, possibilities are endless. And um, it's great. The last time we spoke, I asked you about your Aretha Franklin moment. Tell us about it. Well, on my Aretha Franklin moment, <laughs> Aretha um, had contacted my agents or her representatives did um shortly after i did the temptations because Mm -hmm. um you know she knew david ruffin very well right and was very impressed by my performance and wanted me to be her guest at um a gala that she was having and um you know i remember them saying um and they want to pay you this amount of money and i'm like i said whoa 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 i said hold on i said (laughs) I said, this is the queen of soul. They ain't got to pay me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm amazingly flattered. And so 
I went to this um, event with her and, you know, sat with her and, you know, we had dinner and hung out. And, um, yeah, it was a great experience, you know, to get to know Aretha. And I knew her, you know, from that moment on and, and some of her family members. And that was great. And, and she'll be missed. Yeah, I understand. Tell us about that experience when you were on the Women of Brewster Place, when you acted opposite Robin Gibbons. And I thought it was a pretty powerful performance on your part. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, you know, that was um that was a great experience, you know. It's you know, it was one of the bigger things I'd done at that point in my mm-hmm. career. You know, and I think it was Oprah's first acting thing as well. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, um yeah, you know, it's you know, that movie is very interesting. I actually I actually I think they should re air that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think it, it I think it still resonates. And, um, you know, our acting with Robin was great at that time. Robin was a sweetheart. And, you know, I had no idea at the time what was about to happen. You know, not just um, acting with her, but, you know, within within the same week Mm -hmm. um, of Women of Brewster plays, the Like a Prayer video with Madonna. Right. So, and these are probably the two most talked about vixens in the world at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all this press from like all around the world wanted to know who this actor Leon was. You know, they called, they were calling me Leon the Lady Tamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, so it was, you know, it was, it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty eye-popping experience for me, yes. What led you to go into film production? I think it's a um, natural process um, for an actor who, um, like myself, is this, who considers himself a storyteller to want to have more influence over the finished product, you know, the final story. When you're an actor, you're just no more than a, a pawn in the final piece of the project. You know, sometimes the last thing that's even done is to cast somebody after they've already written the script and decided on locations and everything else. And lots of times you won't find yourself being in projects where you don't really like the outcome. And it's a bit frustrating. And so to be able to have a say-so or create your own, you know, kind of content is, um, you know, almost a, it was a natural progression for me. Any projects you're currently working on? Any kind, No. Well, right now I'm not filming. Right now right now I'm on the road with my band, um, but I'm still um, traveling um, to film festivals with my um, highly successful short that my company produced called Make America Black Again. And uh, it's actually playing here at the Change Fest in Chicago this weekend as well. I understand you bought the audio rights to Slidestone? I bought the rights to the book. I optioned the rights to the book to the oral history of Sly and the Family Stones, yes. And you're going to play Slidestone? I would love to play Slidestone. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the only person of the singing icons that I've chose that I thought that um, I would be right to play. You know, I think that... Um, if I played him, I'd make David Ruffin look like a choir boy. I understand. What do you enjoy doing most, or both of them has uh, equal appreciation, singing or acting? They're equal to me because they're entirely different. You know, um, I train to be an actor, and when I act, I what I do is I bring to life a character that was written by a writer, and that's what I do as an actor. But as a singer and a songwriter... That's me on stage. Mm-hmm. That's not a character that uh, somebody wrote that I'm bringing to life. That's a living person singing the songs that he wants to sing, that he, you know, that he wrote. And so they have they're entirely different. And um, I love them both. 
Was there any particular role or any particular year when you said to yourself, yeah, I got this as far as your talent? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't really I don't really know. I mean, I had so I was so I've been so lucky in the sense that there were so many signs in my career that led me to believe that um, I was going to be successful, that okay. I could do this um, from the very beginning. What were some of those signs? Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, they, they started from the first time I was ever on a movie set. Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me to be an extra in a movie, mm-hmm. and I said no to the casting director. I said, no, I want to be an extra. I want to be in the movie. <laughs> and then after I hung up, I, it occurred to me, you know, I had never seen a movie set. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe I should go out there. And, you know, me, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll just go out there. And, of course, the director will see me and he'll put me in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, and then even my first, you know, my very first movie auditions, um, I remember going in there. Um, it was all the right moves with um, Tom Cruise, and um, I remember going in there, and they were reading. There were so many actors in there, and you know they were asking people to leave, and they asked me, "Could I stick around and you know read some girls to play my girlfriend?" Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that meant. I mean, I was like, "Does that mean I have the role?" Like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and then, and then even the, then in the very next same year. You know, I went in for another movie audition with the late, great Gary Marshall for a, a wonderful movie called The Flamingo Kid with um, who wanted, you know, Matt, with Matt Dillon, who wanted to be one of my best friends ever as an actor. And, um, you know, that was a strange situation because I remember meeting him and just having, you know, a fun time in the room and calling my agent um, as soon as I got out the, you know, audition. Say, you know, and as soon as I called, she was like, uh, you got to call me back. They're on the phone trying to make a deal right now. Okay. I'm like I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Okay, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how, if it's difficult at all, because you talk about you know you know living your life the way you would like to live it, but it seems as though that you're able to maneuver around the country and the world without a large entourage, and Leon just being Leon, and. I would assume it that takes a little talent and a little work, or does it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the entourage thing is something I never understood. You know, to me, that's like <laughs> a boxer or somebody that's in the mob. Okay. You know what I'm saying so, and I think that you know, some actors and stuff have taken on that um, mm-hmm. that kind of personality and want that kind of attention because I've seen, you know, Harrison Ford. And, you know, countless other huge actors, you know, sitting at diners on the train, you Mm -hmm. know, just doing their thing. And so, you know, you're as unassuming as you want to be. But it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. very hard. You know, um, I just, just right now, I just came back from taking my band to go eat at a very well-known restaurant here in Chicago for breakfast. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was was bedlam for a while. You know, (laughs) lots of pictures, you know. People waiting for me to come out the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. And uh, but you know, I think that it's a lot easier to handle people when you're nice. Gotcha. And, um, and you know, and so I just try to be nice almost all the time. Leon Robinson, actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer, known to the world as Leon. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as your future in Black America programs. 
Email us at inblackamerica at kut.org. Also, let us know what radio station you heard us over. Remember to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at kut.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Hansen, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.